Hello and welcome back to Tells. Hello and welcome back to Tells. How are you doing, Andrew Neely? Little sleepy, little tired, not gonna lie. Yeah. Another late night, early morning. SMH. Currently 10.30 in the a.m., extremely early. These podcasts are getting earlier and earlier. Yep. Pretty soon we'll be recording 7 a.m. podcasts. Pretty soon? Pretty soon. At this rate. I'd be down with that if uh, we could stick to it and if I wasn't going to bed at 5 a.m. Well, you need to figure out your schedule, no? Been saying that for the past... (laughs) 10 years. 10 years plus. (laughs) Since you haven't recorded a video... Shall we talk about our life is beautiful experience? Yeah. What do you want to talk about? How beautiful our experience was? That life is beautiful? Uh, I want to keep it pretty short, but okay. if you are a Las Vegas resident and you have not been to Life is Beautiful, you better make sure you get there. Um, I mean, the acts are varied, right? So there's like indie to rap to hip hop. Um, They didn't even pay her to say all this. But the art and the food and just the the whole experience is so amazing. It's just so fun to walk around, see bands. And yeah, I never thought I would enjoy such an experience. Um, Started late on the festival game. Did you ever expect at this this, uh, ripe old age of yours that you would be going to a festival in all three days? No, never. Um, it was pretty exhausting. Three days is is a lot, but we made it. And I would definitely recommend anybody. I mean, even if you're in California or you happen to be in Las Vegas, the third week of September, life is beautiful. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, I wish they had it every day of the year. <laughs> yeah, nobody would go. I would go every day. No, no, you would not. Almost every day. So I wanted to ask you, because not only is it online, but there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of apps and word about this, like, dealerless poker or digital game. Hmm. And what do you mean dealerless? So there's a company out of Vancouver. Remember, we spoke about it a couple of years ago when my uh, brother-in-law was working on a casino project and they wanted to bring in millennials and they thought the best way to do it was to have these digital stations ah, like on the casino floor right but now i read about this digital gaming machine or digital gaming poker table that will allow people to play omaha texas hold'em and then throw in some blackjack or baccarat in between because apparently people get bored while playing <laughs> poker and they need to be constantly stimulated mm-hmm. what are your thoughts i'll tell you my thoughts if you let me get a word in so they're talking about uh, <laughs> why would i not let you get a word in? i don't understand what you're getting at here i'm just teasing somebody else as an aside i was playing when i was playing poker last night slash this morning there's a funny guy named eli who uh says that he has he came across the YouTube videos and uh, he had no idea that I actually talked, that I actually spoke <laughs> and was blown away by how much I spoke. <laughs> I never thought you spoke that he much. He said either. that uh, they, he, 
my family had no idea that I could speak until I was 10 years old when I asked if they could pass the salt at the dinner table. <laughs> That's hilarious. He's a funny guy. Another story about Eli is that he once paid a cocktail waitress. Uh, he offered a cocktail waitress $1,000 to get another cocktail waitress's phone number for him. $1,000? Yep. And the waitress took it. I hope she did. She tried to get the number, but for some reason, the other cocktail wait- waitress wasn't into it and uh, did oh, not give up the number. Brutal. And uh, yeah, so... So she lost out on $1,000. Yeah, I'm really surprised that like they didn't just agree to give, give up the it? number and then split, split the uh, $1,000. Yeah, do they not know that they are fake numbers? <laughs> like a sideline? <laughs> yeah, like a sideline. <laughs> Um, that's brutal. So Eliza, quite a character. I know, he sounds like it. Anywho. Back to Blitzing. So it's a company called Blitz Poker out of, or they call Blitz Tables. I'm not sure. Um, but a company out of Vancouver is trying to put these tables in casinos because some casinos are obviously closing their poker room, right? Mm-hmm. Or because there's not enough money. Hmm. Um, But I've also seen a handful of apps that are like, game online, game on your phone, you know. So what are your thoughts about that? Well, they tried to use this. uh, They've tried to use these digital uh, electronic poker tables a couple of times here in Las Vegas in a couple of different rooms. The Excalibur once was uh, they tried to do just digital tables where people sit around a table and everyone has their own screen in front of them. And then there's a community table cards, community cards screen in the middle of the mm-hmm. table. And they tried that at the plaza as well. And uh, apparently it didn't catch on. So the, they, the Excalibur is now back to all regular poker. Mm-hmm. And the plaza actually has no poker room anymore. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, there's two things, right? The one is that they are saying that they're not trying to replace poker dealers. And another thing is that they're still going to charge rake. But they're like, oh well, we're gonna charge rake, but we're gonna then you don't, but you don't have to tip the dealer because obviously there is no dealer. Um, what if you want to tip the machine for <laughs> giving you good cards? I don't know. I guess you could order a drink and then give the waitress an extra tip that you might have given to the dealer. Um, a lot of people are superstitious. Superstitious. They might uh, want to tip the machine for <laughs> No, I don't know. I think it's. I think it's cool to. I think it'd be cool to have like a mix of options, um, like the electronic tables for, uh, like maybe some low stakes Omaha games or something like that, where it's Omaha is a pretty slow game, and might be beneficial to have the uh, the speed and accuracy of a machine uh, help out with that game to be able to always have the pot size in front of you counted and get the four cards out really quickly. But uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? No, I was really curious to see what you think. But my thought is, why do we have to be stimulated 100% of the time? Oh, you mean with these other offerings of blackjack and baccarat or something? Right, because the idea is that because the game is so slow, mm-hmm. we, you know, we need more stimulation. But they're like <laughs> the millennials are addicted. Cell phone addicted millennials was the line they used to describe... How we constantly need to be I saw, there fed was, something. There was a, some sort of a headliner article where uh, the reason millennials don't have money for uh, to, to move out into their own apartment or something is because they buy avocado toast. 
<laughs> I have seen that as huh. well. Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's probably like partially a way or a hope that the poker room will make more money for the casino and people are playing blackjack in the poker room. Yeah. Do you think it will catch on? I'm very curious to see if it will catch on. Yeah, I could see it like working to some degree and not really costing the casino that much money to offer. Right. Like if there was something, a way to do that. Yeah, I could, uh, I could see it happening. But from a non-poker player, I would say maybe talk to each other. <laughs> there are so many issues in our world uh-huh. that if we- nobody wants to talk about, right? And... If you could learn, because I think people don't want to talk about them because they get heated, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but the reason is we don't talk about these issues enough. So mm-hmm. if you're uncomfortable talking about a particular topic, mm-hmm. you're going to get heated and you're going to lose the balance of your mind. But if we just practice talking to people, use this time instead of trying to play another game which obviously distracts you well there's this old there's this old saying at the poker table that is that goes there's two things you don't talk about at the poker table one is religion and the other is politics look at where we are now Uh we cannot keep going by that adage (laughs) these things need to be spoken about and i think what a place because There are so many different types of people at the poker table and to get maybe eight different perspectives on life. And it doesn't have to be sort of serious straight away, but we don't even talk about simple stuff. We want to talk about weather and did you see that pass in a freaking (laughs) football game or whatever and i don't know i don't know today okay not a football fan i'm not not yeah i don't watch football it's not that i'm not a fan but it's just like yeah it'd be cool if uh we were able to just have like regular discourse and civil discussion especially at a poker table because just i mean yesterday i was sitting next to a gentleman from tampa and you know we were talking about uh the storms that came through florida and he was talking about how tampa was pretty lucky um you know his uh he had i don't know flood insurance but he was missing some other sort of insurance so he got super lucky that tampa wasn't as badly affected as some other places and uh you know it's interesting to hear someone from you know direct from the uh this the scene yeah just but we then wait for like the media to feed us stuff and give us their narrative and Mm -hmm. and we have opportunity we have all this opportunity all this time so i am against blitz at this moment in time because blitz whatever blitz digital gaming because we need blitz we need we need more more discussion more like learning about each other so that Mm -hmm. we're not so hostile because we don't understand and i think yeah yeah i think i think people do get really riled up uh when these conversations pop up it's hard to uh, have that sort of a conversation without it requiring a floor man to say, okay, no more talking about this. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's what we need. We need practice, practice like yeah. everything else in life. If we gave ourselves time to practice, because then we could go, oh, the conversation's getting out of hand, back it up, change the subject before people, you know, leave or start using swear words or whatever the case or is. Or if they shut down and don't listen to the other person's point of view. 
then that, that's okay, right? Then you know that that's not a person that you're going to have a conversation with. But we're so afraid and we're so trying to be politically correct that nothing ever gets spoken about. And then these issues come up and we're like, oh, really? Racism is real? I didn't know that. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. But before yeah. I get all heated up. Yeah. <laughs> we need a floor man to come break up this this podcast. Uh, we have some relationship questions. All right. I reckon... Uh, now we're getting to the important stuff. <laughs> so we had a question from Richard who asked, how do you think poker, a non-poker playing party and a poker playing party should deal with finances? Is it everybody's money in one pool does a poker player have their own bank account the non-poker player have their own bank account and how do you navigate that because the way you're going to view money will probably be different okay so what are your thoughts on that i don't know if it, i don't know if you necessarily need yeah i would probably have a separate account i think for the bank for the poker money either that or a separate pocket in your jeans <laughs> for the poker money <laughs> I mean, I guess it just depends on how you view your bankroll. And if you want to have that like clear separation of poker money that you are trying to grow and use for poker so that you can move up in stakes and you only want to touch that money when you're playing poker and you don't want your uh, bills to be intermingled with that money then yeah, I think you probably want to have a separate account. Uh, I think it's one of those things that's kind of personal preference. Um, Cause some people like me, uh, I like to keep, you know, a few buy-ins. And then aside from that, I don't worry too much about like having such a clear separation because obviously, obviously eventually the bankroll is going to pay for some of your life needs. So for me, it doesn't really matter too much uh, having a separate account for just poker money. But a lot of people like having that separation. So I think it's psychological. Um, so like you said, it depends on the couple, right? Yeah. Because if I thought, okay, if you're using our family money to play poker, yeah, you're going to lose money and won't have money for rent, right? So I, yeah. I believe that there should be family account. Mm -hmm. So if you both contribute to the family account and then your checking account, my checking account or savings or whatever the case is. And so we can, you know, you have some autonomy on how you spend that money. And I have autonomy on how I spend a portion of the income. Right. And so then nobody feels bad because, you know, this is my $2,000. I do with it what I please, whatever the case is. Yeah. So. Also, it it's probably good to have a discussion about like what you're trying to do with that money. Like you're trying to grow that the same way you might grow uh, like an investment uh, portfolio. Right. Um, to whereas like, you know, if the money was in the investment portfolio, it wouldn't also be commingled with your grocery money. Right. You know, so you're not going to be like pulling money regularly out of the portfolio. And just like you wouldn't regularly be mixing the, the poker money, pulling money out of there so that you can try and grow it and move up in stakes, you know, which is what a bankroll is. Right. So I'll try to explain it in that, in those terms, people understand like what a, 
you know, a 401k is or something of that nature. (laughs) (laughs) Just say it's basically the same thing. You know, it's like, it's money that's over there kind of sequestered that's, you know, you're trying to grow. All right. So, uh, in line with that question is, have you ever lied to me about how much money you've made or lost? Uh, have I ever lied to you? I don't know if I've ever lied to you about anything ever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can't remember any times when I would have lied. Yeah. And I think that brings in a very important subject, how you view your poker playing. If you feel that you don't have control over how much money you're spending playing poker and not doing the counter studying to improve the game, then I think that is when you might begin to lie. But if it's, hey, I'm, this is how much I got 10 grand and I'm trying to grow this poker bankroll. If you lose $2,000, that is part of the process. But if you lose $2,000 at Baccarat when you're trying to grow a poker bankroll, then, you know, maybe you might <laughs> lie because now that you've said one thing and it's now different. But if you're honest about what you're trying to do, then I don't see why you would need to lie. I have. There have there has been times where I've had like a really rough night slash morning and uh, I've been in a not, not that good of a mood. You know, I'll come home and say, oh, man, I just brutal night just and, and you know just in a really bad mood and you'll ask me how much I lost or how bad it was right and I'll say like ask me later or something just don't <laughs> don't ask I don't want to talk about it right now but eventually you know like after that wound isn't quite as fresh I think you'll ask me again and I'll, and I'll say it and it kind of helps just uh you know put it out there right. and try and move on yeah, but when you also, when you put it out there, it loses its power. Like when it's wrapped up in your head going, oh my God, this loss is so big, so big, so big. But when you put it out there, it's actually, most of the time, it's not that bad unless you've lost all the money. Yeah, it's pretty funny to like think about why I wouldn't want to tell you, you know? Yeah, because <laughs> it's like, happened. What are you gonna, yeah, like what are you going to do? Like, right. Uh, freak out and say maybe you shouldn't play poker. I mean, I think, I think that for might a lot of people, that, yeah, a lot of people probably are afraid of that. I know you're not going to say that. I mean, because I know it's a lot easier for people to view the the downs when they're not experiencing the emotion of it. They can very clearly see the the uptrend in the graph over a longer period of time. So I shouldn't be able. To, I shouldn't like worry about telling you. But for a recreational player whose family might not understand, yeah then what, what, you know, that is the question. They're going to get pretty freaked out that you just lost a thousand dollars playing a card game. Right. So what do you do? Lie. (laughs) Don't listen to Andrew. (laughs) Don't listen to Andrew. I think you, I think you have to sort of give them the full story, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you could talk about, you could say that's the mathematics of it, you know? Right. But if it's like just high level, what if you just uh, bring it back to the old stock market analogy again and say, um, you know, a lot of people lost money in uh, 2007, 2008 or whatever it was. Right. Because both of those are sort of ideas of skill and chance, mm-hmm. right? Trading is skill and chance because you yeah. have no idea bring what's going to happen. Bring up the, uh, the medium term, bring up the short term uh, stock chart for your uh, spouse's 401k 
and ask them why they lost money on the, uh, <laughs> the, the down days, those days when the stock market went down and throw it back in their face. That's terrible. <laughs> but I think that idea might be helpful um, because we do, we like to give away the responsibility to those money managers. And it's exactly the same idea that you are the money manager of mm-hmm. your poker portfolio. Mm-hmm. And so if you... Preach, preach girl. <laughs> so if you, but if you're managing your risk and you're managing the, the downside, right? And you're not yeah. going on monkey tilt when you are losing, mm-hmm. then yeah, I think that's a great analogy. Good job. Baby. Yeah. So poker as your stock market portfolio and... Explain that to your spouse. Bring up her four one k and say, "Why was February a down month?" <laughs> uh, hopefully that helps. So okay, so we have one more question. Uh, we need to give a shout out to Papa Charlie who submitted one of those questions. Yes, Papa Charlie submitted the question on how to talk to non poker playing family members okay. about. Thanks for the question, poker. Papa Charlie. He's yeah, Papa a uh, Charlie's great. He's a frequent commenter. Yes, in my YouTube. Comment section. As well very as helpful. the Tells uh, podcast feedback. Mm, yeah. He always provides very, great feedback. Very helpful uh, gentleman. I think he's in the UK. Shout out to uh, the Queen. <laughs> no, you wave to the Queen. Oh, you know, shout her out. <laughs> All right. Next question coming in from Sean from Cincinnati. So here's my relationship question. My wife and I have been together for the past 10 years. I'm extremely fed up with my job. I make roughly 85 to 95K per year, decent benefits, 401K. I have a 16-year-old boy, 8-year-old girl at home. Wife has been a stay-at-home mother for 9.5 years. We've been married. With that said, growing frustration, stress, unhealthy lifestyle, that is my job. Truck driver that I've done for the past 22 years, ready to make a change. Want to have some more time with my wife and kids. Not sure what the plan is as of yet. Uh, This weekend, I will be dedicating... Time to put a resume together, ask my wife to get a part-time job that can provide benefits, and, and I will figure the rest out. My thoughts are to play two five no-limit games, play some tournaments, maybe bink a few of them from time to time. My side hustle will be Uber and Lyft when I'm not playing. Having the freedom to set my own schedule to create a healthier relationship with my wife and kids. And a healthier lifestyle would be refreshing to me. But how do I get my wife on board with such a plan? Uh, he did play poker for a six to eight six to eight month period uh, when he closed his first business down, um, paying expenses and mortgage, etc., until he figured out what he wanted to do next. Okay. So Sean has, uh, has a, a little bit of data to say he played poker. Um, yeah. It's, it's a long, long, it's a different time, right? Yeah, a long time ago. So this is a very, very, I mean, this is a question I'm sure a lot of people think of. Yeah. Right. I'll say for me, quitting my job was so stressful and like, oh my God. Um, but I think you need to prove to yourself first that you can make money playing poker. But how do you do that when you're on a trucking schedule? It's very tough because I think he said he works like. 18 hours a day or something yeah, for then, five days a week. Right. And then the rest of the time is devoted to hanging out with the family. Uh, that doesn't leave too much time, you know, to try and play some reasonable hours of poker that are quality hours where you're not tired 
and, uh, you know, try and prove it to yourself beforehand. You know, a lot of, a lot of times I think the advice is to do it in your off hours. Yeah. But it doesn't seem, well, I think, I think one, the question Sean asked is how do I get my wife on board? The thing is that nothing is permanent. Yeah. Right? Nothing is permanent. So if it doesn't work out that you will be able to go back to trucking. Right. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be like, you know, something where you, we, they, you're blacklisted from trucking or from any sort of work for the rest of your life where if you want to get a job again after trying poker and it doesn't work out the way you had in mind that you won't be able to get something. Right. But also he said, you know, he doesn't know what the plan is. And so I would say one of the things would be to work on the plan with your wife because we support things that we feel a part of. Um, you could start off by asking, how do you think we can make it work together? This is my vision. And yeah, well, you're basically re you're replacing one stress with another, right? So obviously the trucking thing is guaranteed income, but the stress of that is you're miserable that you're just away from your family. So the new stress is that there's, you're not going to be making, sometimes you're not going to be making the income that, uh, you have in mind. Uh, and that's going to be stressful for everybody. Uh, well, maybe not everybody, but probably your wife. So her stress is going to be your stress. So that's stress on stress. That's um, why I say that's do a real it thing. together. Yeah. Because if you plan it together and she goes, okay, babe, I, you know, I got you. And yeah. if but we have two years or one year and doesn't work out, then we both can call it quits together. And uh -huh. it's not just me sitting here resenting you for right. changing our standard of living. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that like you being miserable is a stress already on them. So if that's the case where it's, you know, you're, it sounds like you're really fed up and miserable. Um, I think that's going to kind of like spill over into your family time that you have now. And that's not really like quality family time. If you're like a miserable person, I don't think. So that might be more reason to go ahead and give it a shot. So I'm sure he knows that it's like not going to be easy, um, playing poker for a living, but it's tough to know like really how stressful it is, especially if you haven't done it since 2004, like poker is a lot harder than it, than it was back then. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's definitely replacing one stress with another. Um, but I'm a big proponent of changing things when you're miserable and giving them a try. And it sounds like he's at that point where giving it a try is uh, the, probably the right thing to do. Yeah. And from a woman, just bring her along, get yeah. her buy-in on it and not you trying to sell her the idea, but working together so she actually ha then creates a vision around seeing it work and how it might work. And not big dreams. Like, it doesn't have to be like, oh, my God, we're going to be bowling out so hard. But just seeing how, okay, if we do X, Y, and Z, this might work. And it might not work. That's the reality, right? But at least yep. then you were in it together and then... You can figure out the next part of your lives together. Mm -hmm. So that is our A to your Q, Sean. You're going to say that every time. I now? love that. You don't like that? It's all right. I'm cool with it. I'm just curious. 
All right. So relationship questions and talk to a stranger this week. <laughs> At the poker table or At just the, in general? In general. About politics? About maybe not try not talk about the weather or talk about the long line that you're both standing in. Pick any other subject to talk about. That would be a little bit uncomfortable, but not too uncomfortable. You don't have to talk politics or religion. Is this, this is like the uh, audience homework for the for the week. Homework for the week. Oh, and I would like to hear from the listeners of the podcast what you think about this online nice. gaming, digital gaming. Oh, I thought you were going to ask what conversations they had with a stranger about yeah. non-weather topics. I know, but that's part of it, right? What you think about it and okay. what conversation you might have had with the stranger this week. Or were too afraid to have. Or were too afraid to have. Like you thought about it and didn't want to ask. Because there's a lot of things we don't know, but we yep. don't ask. So, Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for waking up early to record the podcast. Happy to be here. Can't wait for the next one. <laughs> All right. And you think I'll be on this sleep schedule by no, next week? You won't. You don't think so? No. You have no faith. We'll talk about the power at, of habits next week. <laughs> I'm playing a tournament this weekend, so... Oh, yeah, I you think have to I get... I think I'm going to play a tournament this weekend, and tournaments don't start late, so... so that's a couple days for I'm going to be on the sleep schedule, the normal human sleep schedule. Oh, I thought you meant, will you be on the schedule next week when we record the, po the podcast? Yeah, well, it's, a f you know, a few days that I'm going to be on a normal sleep schedule, so maybe it'll last all the way through to next week. All Tune right. in next week to find out. <laughs> Here's hoping. Thanks for joining us, and have a great weekend. Thanks for having us on your podcast, okay. listeners. Okay, bye.